Welcome to the Talking Security Podcast. We will talk about items related to Microsoft security. So, and we're back with a new recording of the Talking Security Podcast. This time about Defender for Service in the Defender for Cloud series. What I'm, uh, what, uh, what I'm doing uh, together with Puyan. We're back. Definitely. Good to be back here, Franz. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you have visited uh, America. Yes. We, uh, I was there uh, two weeks ago for the MVP summit. And so how was that? First time? It was my first uh, physical uh, summit. Uh, it was great uh, to be there. Uh, great uh, to be interacting with the PMs, uh, sharing knowledge, uh, getting back some uh, awesome feedback on. Uh, on so it was a it was a really awesome experience. Uh, yeah, great. Yeah. And today, uh, today's guest, uh, Tom Tom Janicek, uh, previous MVP. Uh, but nowadays uh, working in the Defender for Cloud team and especially Defender for Service. Tom, uh, a short introduction maybe uh, because you're already a friend of the show. You, you were early in uh, previous recordings as well. Uh, but maybe uh, it's good to uh, inform the people who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me here today. So as you said, my name is Tom and I'm a product manager on Defender for Cloud. Um, in, in my role, I'm especially focusing on Defender for Servers. And we are helping our customers not only to deploy the, the, the product in their environment, but also to remove blockers, um, take feature requests, um, have very deep conversations with MVPs like you. So it's um, it's it's quite interesting role and uh, happy to be here today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining as well. Um, Last recording, uh, we did a recording with uh, with Rod, Rod Trent about Defender for Cloud in general. Um, and in that talk, uh, we um, mentioned a few Defender products. Um, uh, in the um, onboarding, uh, we we already talked about a few. Uh, I, I One of the uh, numbers that I named was 127, but uh, I don't know how much uh, defenders are in uh, Defender for Cloud, but there are a few of them, uh, isn't it? Uh, that's, that's correct. Well, it's not 127, obviously, um, but I think it's like a number of around 15 different plans. Yeah. Now, in Defender for Cloud, it's not separate products, but it's capabilities that you can enable or disable depending on your needs. Um, for example, for Defender for Servers, we have two different plans, Defender for Servers Plan 1 and Plan 2. And um, yeah, it really depends on what you're looking for to um, to protect your environment with. Um, you can you can select uh, any combination of these plans basically on your subscriptions. Yeah, and, so, um, and, and if looking at the uh, Defender for Cloud, uh, one of the biggest defenders in Defender for Cloud is Defender for Service, in my opinion, because um, a lot of VMs are, are running in, in Azure, but also on, on, on other stuff uh, like locally or uh, other cloud, uh, cloud solutions, and that can be used within uh, uh, Defender for Service. Um, what is basically uh, Defender for Service doing um, in, in general within Defender for Cloud? Can you can you highlight a few of them? Yeah, so so Defender for Service basically is the um, well the server protection capability within the scope of Defender for Cloud. That means that we are not only looking into the operating system to protect it from uh, threats like malware, um, but also uh, like real time attacks. Um, but we also look at the network layer and also give you additional capabilities like 
just-in-time VM access is a capability that had been introduced a few years back, but it's still very relevant because you do not want to have a virtual machine that has its management ports open to the internet. And if so, um, if you need to do it, you want to block them and only open them according to your needs. So when you need it and if you need it. Um, and this is where just-in-time VM access comes into play. Then there are other additional capabilities and cloud-native um, tools like adaptive application controls, adaptive network hardening, and network layer threat detection. So um, it's it's not similar to Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. And this is, by the way, oftentimes a question we are getting like, hey, Tom, um, why do I need to use Defender for Servers when I can use Defender for Endpoint? And the answer is, it's better together. So we are using Defender for Endpoint as part of Defender for Servers, um, but it's not a replacement of, um, of Defender for Endpoint. And the other way around, Defender for Endpoint is not enough to protect cloud servers um, if they are running in any cloud virtual or, or hybrid cloud environment. Awesome. I think uh, you, you indeed mentioned some big differences between the products because that was also one of the questions we get a lot, like what's the difference between Defender for Endpoint and Defender for Servers? You also touched on uh, the technologies like just in time. Um, mm -hmm. What's, in your opinion, um, one of the uh, most important enrichments of Defender for uh, servers when it comes to Defender for cloud integration? Um, we have just in time, for example, uh, but uh, we have also things like uh, the vulnerability assessment. Uh, what would be the most important for you, in your opinion? I think it's a it's a combination of all of them. Um, first of all, and and this is in in both of our plans, um, is to mention the MDE integration, the integration with Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. Um, in Defender for Cloud, we are trying not to reinvent the wheel. So that means that if we have a great solution in house, then we're trying to leverage that solution as part of our product. And this is why we decided to use Microsoft Defender for Endpoint as the market leader in an, in an EDR, uh, you know, in the EDR place or space, um, which means that by using Defender for Servers, you are eligible to leverage Microsoft Defender for Endpoint on these servers. So that's the great solution for protecting your operating system. You will get EDR, you will get the capability to leverage Microsoft Defender antivirus as an, um, a next generation anti-malware solution. Um, you can use Microsoft Defender vulnerability management to see vulnerabilities on your actual machine. So this is this is a, a huge combination um, that is available in Defender for Service Plan 1 already. Then when it comes to Plan 2, this is more the enhanced capabilities, like you mentioned, the just-in-time VM access. So the it's um, and, and this is, by the way, one of the reasons why we do not allow customers to, to pick and choose separate capabilities as part of Defender for Service to be used. If you are using Defender for Service Plan 2, you will have you know, the whole toolbox. You can use all of it. And this is what, what we actually want to encourage our customers to do. Just-in-time VM access is great to block management ports. Adaptive network hardening is great to analyze your network traffic and to give you indication if you should block communications to your servers because there's you know, a machine or an endpoint communicating to these machines. Adaptive, um, I'm sorry, uh, network layer threat detection will give you insights into what is actually happening on the network layer before you will get a, a security alert created by Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, which is looking at the operating system level only. So it's it's that big combination of all of it. And I'm sure that Rod last time has been talking about Defender CSPM, which is a different plan in Defender for Cloud. We have that, that very close integration with the agentless scanning platform. 
Now, the agentless scanning platform is part of both Defender CSPM and Defender for Service Plan 2, and it allows you to use Microsoft Defender Vulnerability Management as a vulnerability assessment solution in both worlds. The, the aspect why we're doing it is because we want to, to give customers that are looking for in-depth knowledge when it comes to protecting their environment um, using the, the security posture management approach to see the vulnerabilities without actually having to deploy an agent to these machines. So this is why agentless scanning is, is so big. Um, it will create a snapshot of your machine. We will be scanning that snapshot using Microsoft Defender Vulnerability Management backend and submit the results back to Defender for Cloud's portal. Now, in an enhanced version with Defender for Endpoint integration, you can use that agent on top to get uh, similar insights, uh, but you will not have to wait for 24 hours. You will get it quicker. Um, but just to get the vulnerability assessment results, we do not want to force customers to use an agent. And this is why agentless scanning is so, so important. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very long answer to a short question, yeah. um, but it's, it's not like we, we can say use just one capability or the other. It's a combination of all of them, which makes Defender for Service a great toolbox for protecting your server environments in the cloud. It, it triggers me a little bit. Um, we have uh, Defender for Cloud uh, security posture management. We have vulnerability mm -hmm. management within Defender for Service. We have vulnerability mm -hmm. management within uh, Defender for Endpoint. Within Defender right. for Endpoint, we have already um, a, a premium add-on for vulnerability management. Right. Um, can, can you probably highlight a little bit what are the differences? Um, what is it integrating? Uh, you already uh, say so that it's integrated, but how and what what should I use? Because it's a little bit confusing. There are so much in, in, the, in the world uh, regarding vulnerability management. Right. So um, let's first look at Defender for Endpoint. Um, now, I'm not an expert on Defender for Endpoint. Um, I can talk about the integration and the capabilities that we are leveraging. But the, the main idea of Defender for Endpoint is to, to get that whole suite that we've been talking about, EDR, anti-malware, Microsoft Defender Vulnerability Management, Microsoft Defender Vulnerability Management add-on um, for all your operating systems, no matter if that is a smartphone, a notebook, a server, or whatsoever. Yeah. Defender for Service has a slight overlap when it comes to servers, right? But we are just looking at servers. We're not looking at smartphones or notebooks because we're not interested in protecting endpoints. We're, pro we're interested in protecting uh, hybrid and multi-cloud environments, including their servers. Yeah. Now, as I said before, we are not trying to reinvent the wheel, which is why we decided to have that tight integration with Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. And what we do is in Defender for Service Plan 1, you will have the capability to leverage Microsoft Defender for Endpoint's EDR, anti-malware, and MDVM, Microsoft Defender Vulnerability Management capability. In Plan 2, we add the um, agentless scanning and the Microsoft Defender Vulnerability Management add-on. So everything that you can get from an MDE perspective for, for operating systems is integrated in Defender for Servers Plan 1 or Plan 2 for servers. So um, you actually do not have to buy a license for Defender for Endpoint for these server operating systems. We can detect the server, and if you enable Defender for Servers Plan 1 or Plan 2, we will offer the automated deployment, the integration, and I will come to the integration in a bit, and the license coverage for these machines. So you will automatically be paying for Defender for Servers, and that includes a license um, or eligibility to use that license for, for Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. Yeah. 
Now, you, you also mentioned the integration and what actually is integrated. Um, there are several things. The first thing, obviously, is threat detection part, which means that if Microsoft Defender for Endpoint creates a security alert for a server that is covered by Defender for Servers, this Microsoft Defender for Endpoint alert will be shown in the Defender for Servers alert portal. And then in that portal, you can click a link and you will be redirected to the Microsoft Defender for Endpoint Security Center, uh, where you can then go you know, threat hunting and uh, use advanced hunting queries and find out more what is actually happening, happening on that machine. The second aspect is the software inventory. The software inventory is created by Microsoft Defender Vulnerability Management and using the MDE integration, we are showing these vulnerability findings in Defender for Cloud. And the, uh, the third aspect actually is um, the, the vulnerability assessment capability. So we will have security alerts, vulnerability findings, and software inventory, which is um, created by Microsoft Defender for Endpoint and, and highlighted in Defender for Cloud portal. So Tom, uh, um, uh, all these awesome features and, and, and I think uh, output that uh, customers can use to see how their security posture is. Where can they find all this information? Where is it in the security.microsoft? Is it in Azure portal? Can you explain a little on where do they need to start with configuring all this um, and where, what can they expect and where can they expect the output uh, for the security investigation? So the, um, as I said, the security alerts, vulnerability findings, and the software inventory will be shown in both sides. Um, in Defender for Cloud, we do not show or we do not give you the capability to actually configure um, like anti-malware exclusions, for example. That is something that is done on the M365 side, uh, side of the house. In Defender for Cloud, um, and especially in the Defender for Service plan, we will offer the automated deployment and integration. And um, we will just show you the information, but we do not let you, um, let's say, go threat hunting, because that is something that is then done in the other portal. When we take a look at the persona using the different capabilities, then oftentimes um, the Microsoft Defender for Cloud portal is being used by resource owners. So the team that owns the actual server, and they might not be security specialists. So they might not even know what to actually do with the information that is, is being shown as part of a security alert. While the Microsoft uh, 365 Defender security portal, and also Microsoft Sentinel, by the way, um, oftentimes are being used by the security operations center, like security specialists that really know what they are doing and what they are looking for. So it's it's two different two different teams looking at two different sets of information. And in Defender for Cloud, we're trying to give resource owners at least a good indication of there is something suspicious or malicious happening on a machine. And uh, then we also give you some information about what you should do. Like, for example, if there's a brute force attack alert that is being created for a server, um, you will see information that you could either, you know, block the management port for a particular server or particular endpoint. Um, you should always raise a ticket with your security operations center, your security specialists in-house, um, maybe patch the machine and so on. So there, there is some, some information for the resource owner themselves. But when it comes to really going deep into, into the weeds, into understanding what is happening on the machine and why is it happening, and this is something a different team is looking into, and this is why we have a different portal there. Awesome, and th this this is, I think, a clear explanation uh, also on, on the different roles, I think, what you touched on, that, Tom. Um, now we are talking on Defender for Servers, Defender for Cloud, um, a lot of 
it sounds uh, it's for Azure. Um, can you collaborate on? Um, is it also, for example, uh, can we install it on our data center? Can we do it on our multi-cloud environment? Um, and what about uh, things like line, uh, Linux uh, distribution systems? Um, is it also, can we use the same capabilities um, uh, for, 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 for other platforms? Well, the short answer is mainly yes. Um, the longer answer is it depends. So um, first of all, yes, Microsoft Defender for Cloud is a multi-cloud and hybrid cloud security platform. Um, so this is, by the way, one of the reasons why we changed the name from Azure Security Center into Microsoft Defender for Cloud. Um, because we offer coverage for AWS, for GCP, but also for on-prem. And we offer um, the most important plans for these environments, which includes Defender CSPM, Defender for Servers, and also Defender for Containers. When it comes to non-Azure machines, um, and, and you see that there is a, a slight shift in naming, because back in the days we've been talking about, um, I cannot even remember what we've been talking about, but today we are talking about Azure VMs and non-Azure machines that are connected via Azure Arc. Azure Arc is an additional agent, and we in Defender for Cloud, we treat it as the vehicle that we can use to integrate non-Azure machines. So that means that it, well, once you have Azure Arc deployed to an AWS EC2, a GCP compute instance, or even your on-prem server, and connect that machine to the Azure subscription, we can manage it similarly to an Azure Virtual Machine, in, including uh, policy capabilities, um, guest configuration, but also deployment mechanisms, which includes extensions. Now, there's oftentimes a little a little like misunderstanding of what an extension actually is. And it, to be fair, it depends on the actual, well, extension. Within the scope of Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, we are using an MDE.Linux or MDE.Windows extension. And this is just a management interface. You can see it similarly to a um, custom script extension that you might know for Azure Virtual Machines. So this extension can automatically be deployed to an Azure Arc machine. And then inside the operating system, um, there's an onboarding script that will run, check some prerequisites, and then deploy Microsoft Defender for Endpoint into that machine's operating system. Then it is connected to the MDE backend. And by connecting it, we will detect that machine. And we, we can see um, that there is a, a machine that has Microsoft Defender for Endpoint coverage, and also then have that alert vulnerability assessment and uh, software inventory integration there. So Azure Arc is, um, is the main vehicle that we use, but not only for Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, but also, for example, for Azure Monitor Agent. So um, with Azure Arc, there, there's a lot of additional capabilities that is coming for agent deployment, for agent integration, um, the guest configuration. Um, so there's, there's quite a lot of, of capabilities that come with Azure Arc. And this is why we, uh, we decided to use that as a vehicle for us to, to deploy additional capabilities to these machines. So Azure Arc uh, for our hybrid environments, um, if we have on-prem stuff, uh, we can use Azure mm -hmm. Arc uh, to uh, leverage Defender for Cloud and Defender for Service uh, capabilities. Uh, what about other, other other cloud platforms like uh, yeah. Amazon? Uh, because Defender for Cloud also integrates with Amazon, Google, and and so on. Right. Uh, what about Defender for Service in that in that part? So um, it's 
a little bit different, but still relying on Azure Arc. What we're doing there is you can deploy a multi-cloud connector to your AWS account or your GCP project or the management account or the, uh, I think it's called master project on, on GCP. Um, the idea is to, to first create the connector and then we will provide you foundational CSPM at no additional cost. That means that as soon as the connector is created and we are able to retrieve the information from the third-party cloud platform, you will get security uh, recommendations for, for all resources that we can detect in there. So the, the security recommendations part of Defender for Cloud is what we refer to as foundational CSPM. And this is coming at no additional cost as soon as you create the connector. Yeah. On top of the connector, you can enable Defender for Servers, Defender for Containers, Defender for, um, uh, I'm sorry, Defender CSPM, um, I think Defender for SQL. So there's, there's quite a lot of um, additional also plans that you can enable on top of, of, the, um, of the connector. And if you enable Defender for Servers, for example, what happens is um, you are asked to also enable Azure Arc auto-provisioning and Microsoft Defender for Endpoint auto-provisioning. What we will then do is we will deploy the uh, Azure Arc component onto these machines. And as soon as the machine shows up as an Arc resource, we can then deploy the MDE.Linux, MDE.Windows extension on top of the Azure Arc resource. And then again, have the onboarding script running in the operating system, which will then um, onboard Defender for Endpoint and also use um, use or allow us to integrate it into Defender for Cloud. And you're mentioning uh, Linux distributions as well um, in one of the last uh, piece of sentence. Um, are there the same limitations for Linux distributions as well as for the Defender for Endpoint uh, limitations? So not all distributions are supported, uh, in my opinion, but um, probably with vulnerability scanning, you get some information where you can highlight about. Is it, is yes, it so, in, so in general, um, we rely on the other agents' supportability matrices, which means that if Defender for Endpoint team says they have a, a Linux distribution that they are not supporting, then we are not supporting it as well, because in the end, um, what we are uh, running on the operating system basically is, is very similar to the onboarding script that you know from the Microsoft 365 security portal um, that you can run like as a manual script on the, on the operating system. Yeah. So if they do not support it, we cannot support it because it's not our solution. It's just MDE, Defender for Endpoint, that, is, um, you know, that we have to rely on. Yeah. Um, that's basically it. So... Um, yeah, but when it, now, when it comes to agentless scanning, it might be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so this is then something to really look into, uh, depending on the operating system, because what agentless scanning will do is, and this is not only true for Azure, but also for, for AWS, um, we will create or we will leverage the, the platform to create a disk snapshot from each of the EC2 instances. And this snapshot is then being scanned. So what happens is that we are sending the telemetry to the MDVM backend. We will use the Defender Vulnerability Management backend to scan that image. And if we have vulnerability findings, they will be back reported into Defender for Cloud Portal. So there might be additional um, operating systems that might not be supported by the agent itself, uh, but it's something we, we would have to take a closer look into um, depending on the, on the use case. Yeah. So the onboarding, Tom, sounds <clears throat> incredibly um Easy. Easy. <laughs> Sounds too good. Um, and we have, of course, the experience. It is also really uh, uh, good. 
But what um, need customers that have already different uh, AV solutions running, taking considerations? Um, uh, what would your recommendations be for customers that are already running other plat uh, systems? So um, when it comes to Microsoft Defender for endpoint deployment, um, and this is not unique to Defender for Service or Defender for Cloud, but it's basically um, for Defender for Endpoint itself, there are different scenarios. Um, and basically it's it's for the unified solution, which is for Defender for, I'm sorry, for Windows Server 2012 R2 and 2016 and for Linux. Um, when we take a look at what happens by using the MDE extensions as part of Defender for Service, then on Linux, we will deploy the Defender antivirus component in passive mode. Um, this is to, to avoid you know, some, some accidents and, and the machine going down just because of the MDE deployment. When it comes to Windows, um, there are some prerequisites. On Windows Server 2012 R2 and 2016 especially, this is for the MDE unified solution, um, on 2016, you need to make sure that the antivirus component is running and active. So if there is a third-party antivirus there, you should remove it before actually trying to deploy MDE using the MDE extension as part of Defender for Servers. And on Windows Server 2012 R2, we will deploy the Defender antivirus component to this operating system because it's not built in. It's something that is being installed on top of it. And then also it's being installed um, in active mode. So if you want to avoid any um, any issues, you should basically remove the third-party anti-malware component on these uh, machines just to make sure that everything is working as expected. What you can do is um, if you if you are using an, um, an alternative, uh, alternate uh, onboarding mechanism, there might be a solution to deploy the antivirus component besides Defender for Endpoint um, but this is something I'm not totally aware of. And then you could uh, set the antivirus component into passive mode. Yep. But this is not something that is done as part of Defender for Service. So if you're using our deployment capability for 2012 R2, um, we will deploy the the, um, the antivirus component in active mode on 2016. You need to make sure that it is running on the machine in active mode. Um, and on Linux, we will deploy it in passive mode next to any other antivirus component there. Yeah, most of the onboarding, if you have configured the um, in, in the portal uh, .azure.com, um, if you configure the subscription at the, um, in a correct way, all new VMs, servers that are onboarded in Azure as well as in Amazon will be automatically onboarded in uh, Defender for Cloud and Defender for Service as well. So that right. I, I, I think that is, that is great because uh, if you add no server... It's unprotected um, if you are spinning up uh, a new uh, new stuff in, in your environment, and that's probably yeah, uh, really great because in the past, in my in the back days, uh, in my on-prem environment, uh, we forgot something. <laughs> they call it secure by design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's zero trust. Uh, all that uh, that 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 kind of terms um, are using, but. Um, basically, Defender for Service, uh, the whole infrastructure, the whole part is based on zero trust. We don't trust anything. Uh, up front, we are realizing all the security stuff as well. Uh, so you are protected from uh, from the beginning. Yeah, so the, the I think that is, that is one of the big advantages. Um, but it is something you need to consider when it comes to, for example, migrating machines. 
So if you have an on-prem data center and you're migrating it to Azure, um, you have several ways of doing it. But in the end, what you should do is always enable Defendable Servers as a plan on top of your subscription yeah. and then decide how you want to have it. If you are using a third-party EDR component and you are using um, another anti-malware component, Maybe you can disable the integration with Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, but still leverage Defender for Service Plan 2 because of the agentless vulnerability assessment capability and the other enhanced capabilities, um, the cloud native detections and so on. Um, for, for other customers, it might make sense to just focus on the integration with Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. So Defender for Service Plan 1 might be their choice um, for, for the first step after migrating and then to, to upgrade it to Defender for Service P2 because it's just one click away. Um, or one REST API call away um, because it's just a different setting that you need to do on the subscription, then you will automatically enable the plan. And as you said, it's an auto deployment and auto availability capability. So if you enable Defender for Service, it is there and you can use it to deploy any extension, any agent that is relevant, or you can disable the integration and just rely on non-agent based capabilities. So whatever you, you choose, but it is something you should make available for for all your subscriptions yeah but definitely on uh, upfront if you want to start or migrate into uh, azure or another solution and uh, you want to protect it with defender for cloud you need to consider uh, a few things and make um, uh, some some choices uh, upfront under configuration before you onboard the, your whole staff into uh, defender for service because um if you have, if you are running another EDR solution, it can be, um, it can be a challenge. Uh, so you need to consider a few things. So right. I, probably not every customer can do that, uh, but there are a lot of uh, professionals in the world that can help uh, customers in the, in that way. Um, yeah. Maybe one sentence to that. Um, that's why I said you can disable the integration with Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. And what happens by enabling that integration, um, we will basically enable a backend process in Defender for Cloud. And that process will run REST API calls against the, the compute or, or hybrid compute instance to deploy the extension. Now, this is something you can do on your own. So if you wish to not deploy MDE directly on all, onto all your machines, but you want to do it in a, in a staged deployment, you can use REST API calls for that. And um, I have written a blog post about half, half a year, maybe nine months ago, uh, when we introduced the, the um, integration with Microsoft Defender uh, for Endpoint Unified Solution in Defender for Service Plan 2. Um, in this blog post, there is uh, the, the REST API call that you need to do, and then you can use that call. Well, it's two calls. Um, first of all, to retrieve the onboarding package. Secondly, to uh, deploy the extension with the onboarding package, but you can use these calls um, to, to define the machine that will yet now get the, um, the integration enabled. Um, and once you've done for all, then you can switch the whole integration on the subscription on to cover all future virtual machines as well. So you have that. Um, I will I will look into that uh, into that blog and I will post it in the uh, in the show notes as well. So if you want to more uh, know more about the uh, REST API call uh, for Defender for Service Defender for Endpoint, uh, please have a look in the show notes. Uh, the the link will be there. Um, do we have other questions? I think uh, we covered most of them. Yeah, I think we did uh, cover a lot of them. Um, um, what uh, maybe to look a little bit in the future? Um, are there things that are 
publicly able to share that we can expect from the fan of our servers um, uh, uh, that you can share with us, Tom? Um, well, as always, we cannot disclose our roadmap uh, in uh, in public um, mm. webinars or, or podcasts. But what what we can say is that um, if you take a look at at all the the information that we shared since the last ignite, uh, when we introduced agentless scanning, for example, you will see that agentless scanning um, is a platform. So it does not stop with vulnerability assessments, and uh, there's a lot to expect for the next couple of months. Um, and in general, I think it totally would make sense for us to sit together um, in, in a few months because uh, there's quite a lot of work going on within the scope of Defender for Servers at the moment. And I'm pretty sure there will be some very exciting news uh, for your audience. So um, maybe we can we can use like the after summer time frame uh, to have another chat on it. We will accept that challenge, uh, Tom. Uh, so uh, we will schedule uh, a new uh, a new recording uh, after uh, after after holidays uh, to look back. Um, and, and see if there is new stuff because uh, we all know that the teams within Microsoft and not only in Defender for Service but uh, are working quite hard uh, on the challenges that we are facing because um, all the the bad guys are uh, are working hard um, so we need to on on the good side uh, we we need to do that as well and we all know that it, that is done on on your side so we, we will uh, we will accept the challenge and uh, have a recording uh, after summer and publish that as well um i think uh, we can close it out we um or are there any other topics that you want to cover uh, that we that we forget from our side you know i think we covered it pretty good but one thing that might come to your your um, audience's attention is that it might seem a little bit complex. So there is a lot of defenders in Defender for Cloud. We have Defender for Servers. We have Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, which also might be referred to as Defender for Servers when we are talking about Microsoft Defender for Endpoint on server operating systems. So I think um, there there are two things. First of all, I would wish for us to really be precise in when we're talking about Microsoft Defender capabilities. So either it is Microsoft Defender for Endpoint for server operating systems probably, or it is Microsoft Defender for servers as a capability in, in Defender for Cloud. But the other thing is that I, in my role, I'm trying to understand what are the challenges our customers are, are currently facing. Yeah. Because what we want to do is we want to improve the, um, the acceptance and also the understanding of you know, how easy it actually is to enable Defender for Service and to deploy capabilities, to leverage capabilities in that scope. So if there's anything that, um, you know, you are hearing from, from your audience, from your customers, please feel free to reach out and I'll be happy to take that feedback and, and see what we can do in order to improve the product. Yeah, and if you don't know uh, the email address of Tom, Tom is uh, quite active at, uh, at at social media as well. Uh, so please uh, reach out and uh, see if we, if if you uh, can help uh, the customers. Uh, we are both, uh, all of us, uh, are willing to uh, to help people uh, on that. So many thanks for joining uh, this recording, Tom. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, definitely from our side as well. Uh, and uh, for our listeners, uh, thank you for listening or viewing uh, this podcast. Um, uh, hopefully we will be back next time uh, with another uh, quite interesting topic of Defender for Cloud. Uh, are we? Uh, do we know that already, uh, Puyan? 
We have some uh, recording scheduled already. Uh, some of them we can't uh, share, but uh, so expect uh, a lot of uh, new episodes. Uh. Yeah, in the, in the past we talked about uh, Defender for DevOps, Defender for Containers, all that kind of stuff that will yeah. come in the next period. Uh, we don't know uh, at the moment uh, when, but stay tuned for that sort of recording. So thank you for listening now. Thank you.